Good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to the first edition of Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby, and it's a pleasure to be with you here this afternoon. Thank you for taking time out of your day to check in. Now, for those of you who are previous listeners to what was the North Main Financial Show, you're probably scratching your heads a little bit, wondering how this all goes together. I understand that. I'm a rhythm person, too. I, I'm a habit person also. But, uh, but things have changed up a little bit, where normally we were on Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Well, here we are on Thursdays at 4. So it's a new format, new time, and we even rebranded it a little bit, dollar and cents presented by North Main Financial Group. So not only today, but each and every Thursday, you'll find us here on WSIC uh, here at the four o'clock time slot on Thursdays, again with dollars and cents presented by North Main Financial. Now, those of you who are previous listeners, you know how we come at things here. You know we're talking about things financial and economic and the importance of not only the things that are happening around us, but also for how they apply to your lives. We're going to be doing that as well. And by the way, we got more time. Yeah, they allowed us a, a much larger time slot here. Normally, we were doing a 30-minute show. Now we're going to be doing a full hour. So we're going to take opportunity to come at you with a couple of different formats. We're going to be looking at things, perhaps with particular focus, as we're looking at what's happening in the world around us. And then most importantly, and we'll be doing this in the third and fourth segments of, of this week's show, talking about the, the importance to you the relevance to you, perhaps the kinds of things that you see in your financial life, perhaps with friends, with colleagues. We want to make sure that the things that we're bringing to you here are applicable to your daily lives. And so we're going to get kicked off and started. In this first uh, segment here, we're going to be talking about what's hot. Now, you may think as an economic and financial focus show that we're going to be talking about hot stock tips. Sorry to disappoint you. That's definitely not my area of expertise. I know there are folks out there who have a top 10 list and things you need to buy and things you need to sell. No, I'm not your guy. I'm a whole lot more boring than that. But we are going to be talking about what's hot in terms of the kinds of things that we see out there, probably the kinds of things that are hitting your, your headlines, and especially those kinds of headlines that we see online, those kinds of things that if you're still like me and you like to get newsprint on your fingers that you see in your daily newspaper as well. And so I'm going to be talking about what's hot in terms of uh, the kinds of things that have come across our radar screen here over the last couple of days. And, and specifically, I'm going to talk first about inflation. I get it. Not Maybe not particularly riveting, not the kind of stuff that's going to stop conversation at the cocktail party, but uh, but certainly very, very relevant. You've heard me talk a lot about inflation on the North Main Financial Show here over the last several months because it has taken on an importance that, frankly, uh, it hasn't taken on for the last 15 years. I mean, if you look at inflation numbers here over the last 15 years or so, yes, they existed, and certainly there were pockets of the economy where it was very significant and, and certainly where we did see price and expense increases. But by and large, when you're taking a look at the measurements up at, of it up until here about, uh, about a year or so ago, really wasn't on the radar screen for a lot of folks, certainly not with regards to a lot of our day-to-day -day activity. Let me give you one quick example here just to highlight the idea that we didn't uh, experience inflation. I'm, I'm just looking at my laptop computer here. If you talk, well, I'm going to date myself here, all right? So hold on here a little bit. But when I talk about the kinds of costs that it was for a laptop computer, say, 10 years ago, it was several thousand dollars for really kind of the entry-level sort of laptop computer with a memory and capability structure, which was one-tenth, one-twentieth, maybe one-one-hundredth of what we have here today. And again, I was paying several thousand dollars for it. 
Just recently, I was on uh, Dell Computers. That's not an endorsement, just because I was looking at the website. All right, I was on Dell Computers' website taking a look. And you could buy a $500 computer that is about 10 times, has 10 times more capability than those ones for which I was paying several thousand dollars here about a decade or so ago. The only reason I'm raising that is because that's an experience that all of us have, right, when it comes to inflation. And that's an example, actually, of a deflationary kind of space, not one that increased in cost, but actually decreased in cost. So for a lot of folks, the, the whole idea of inflation and, and the idea of, of its importance to us really kind of fell off the radar screen. We didn't have runaway inflation. We had ultra-low interest rates. So as I mentioned here a few moments ago, the idea that, uh, that inflation was a negative impact on our lives really kind of fell off the radar screen for about 15 years. Boy, has it returned. And, uh, and so when we talk about inflation here over the last year or so, that's one of the reasons why the Federal Reserve Board, you heard me talk about this on previous shows also, has taken such aggressive action in raising interest rates in order to combat inflation. I know this might seem a little bit counterintuitive. The reason why they're raising interest rates is to slow things down. I know. You can make arguments, pros and cons about whether you favor that or not, but that's actually the intention, to cool off inflation or to cool off some of that price intensity when we're talking about what's happening in the world around us. So that's a very, very important point to keep in mind. And so when we're looking at it, so last year, let me just draw some uh, context and comparison here. Last year, 2022, about the midway point, goodness, almost exactly at this time uh, last year, as of the time of this live broadcast or if you're listening to the recording of, uh, of this show, Right around 9%, 9%. When was the last time that we were, we were thinking about 9% inflation? Well, if you have uh, gray hair, at least the hair that remains on the top of my head, uh, or perhaps you're losing it, uh, which I am also doing at the same time. Uh, we're talking about early 1980s when we were close to 9% inflation. So we're talking about the better part of 40 years ago when there was any kind of sustained inflation at that level. So literally a full half generation. Uh, that uh, that hadn't really experienced that kind of thing. So the Federal Reserve stepped in quickly. I'm saying all of that because, and you're saying, okay, what's that have to do with what happened here and what's hot the last couple of days? Well, we just had the, the most recent print come through uh, with regards to CPI from the Department of Labor and looking at the Consumer Price Index, which all you need to know about that is one of the most commonly used measures of inflation. And we got a three-handle on it. Now, what that means in my parlance is that we had something that, that approached 3%. Inflation, whereas last year at this time, as you heard me just say, was more like 9%. So that you can make arguments, and this is not to give commentary one way or the other, but you can make arguments that, uh, that the pathways that the Federal Reserve has taken to this point with their express mandate of reducing inflation is in fact working, meaning that the numbers are reducing. Now, it's, it's important to take that in context. It's not true that just because inflation is coming down that everything's cheaper. And we're going to talk about that in the second segment and the third segment of today's show. We talk about some of the relevance to our, our current day-to-day -day, uh, kind of space. But it is true insofar as how these things are measured that, uh, that, that it is cooling down. And, uh, and so what does that mean? To say? Does, it, does that mean the Federal Reserve is going to stop raising interest rates? No, not with what they said here this past week. So when I'm looking at headlines like what was in the Wall Street Journal here uh, today, inflation cools to the slowest pace since 2021, I'm like, well, Okay, that, that's true, but we got to take that in context. You know, what does it mean in terms of why it's a cooling off? And then, as we're going to talk about a little later on in the show, I know I keep teasing it. I want you to hang around, all right? I want to be able to share that with you. But as we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show, what does that mean in terms of its personal relevance to us? 
We want to make sure that as we're talking about these kinds of things, and you know that here on Dollars and Cents, you know that as we're talking about these kinds of things, yes, it's important to talk about the academic. Yes, it's important to talk about the kinds of things that are moving around us. But most importantly, we want to understand what its relevance is to our day-to-day lives because that's where it provides applicability, right? That's where we want to make sure that uh, that what we're talking about here, we're making good and prudent decisions. We're making sure that you know our financial lives are aligned with an understanding of what's happening around us. It doesn't just happen automatically. It's not true that just because we show up that necessarily we're making good decisions. We've got to be aware of what's happening around us. So we're going to be talking about that more today. We're going to be talking about you know, some other things about the what's hot end of things. What what are the kinds of things that are relevant to uh, what we're seeing headline-wise around us? Then maybe some of those things that you can discard or that you, to which you don't need to give as much attention. That's also important as well. I'll tell you, a significant amount of my energy is spent in deciphering what, what information is worth having on your radar screen. So we're going to take a quick break here as we listen to our sponsors. We're going to return quickly on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Hello, and welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm Joshua Doby, your host. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second segment here of the first version of Dollars and Cents. Now, I told you in the first uh, segment here, this isn't the first time we've been on. We've been on WSIC for years. But for those of us who are used to the earlier time frame, we're now on Thursdays here at 4 o'clock. And I got so excited in the first segment here. It's, It's new studio. It's new stuff. It's new names. I forgot to tell you how to contact us. I want to make sure that if you're interested in reaching out to us at North Main Financial Group, perhaps take a look at your particular financial situation and to hear about your financial journey. Never an obligation for that first time together. Often, we're doing those first meetings via Zoom. I know, it's that day and age. I'm not comfortable with it either, but it is part and parcel to our experience in this day and age. Love to hear from you. Love to chat about your particular financial experience and to see if there are ways in which we at North Main Financial Group may be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at northmainfinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com, northmainfinancial.com. We have a contact page on there. You leave us your email address or a phone number. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you, again, at northmainfinancial.com. You're also welcome to call our office at any time, 704-987-1425. Again, 704-987-1425. And one more time, 704-987-1425. All right, again, thank you so much for hanging with us into the second segment of Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. And as we were going to break, they were talking about what's hot. And like I said, I'm not your hot stock guy. There there are folks out there who are really good at that. No, I'm not going to give you their names, but they're really good at that. And uh, But this is more about what's hot, what's happening in our headlines right now. What are the kinds of things that, uh, frankly, are, are very important to us, even if they don't seem overtly uh, to impact our lives. I was talking about inflation, talking about the most recent print, and uh, and we, we're moving to a space of, of lower inflation as measured by CPI. Now, if your experience is at all like mine, maybe it's not, but, uh, but if your experience is at all like mine, uh, it's still expensive to go to the grocery store. It's still expensive to be at the gas pump. It's still expensive for the kinds of, let's say you're updating your home. 
uh, still expensive for, for those kinds of things. So it's not that necessarily that prices are pulling back. I know this is going to seem like a left-handed compliment a little bit. Uh, it's not necessarily that prices are pulling back. It's just that they're not growing as fast. And so that's very, very important to keep in mind when we're talking about a reduction in inflation or uh, inflation is cooling, as the journal, the Wall Street Journal said here most recently, what we're talking about, it's not, it's not a pullback in prices. They're just not growing as fast as, uh, as they were previously. And I'm chuckling a little bit about that because then you say, well, things are still very, very expensive. They are, folks. I mean, that's true in a lot of, lot of different areas, and, and that probably is not going to be decreasing anytime soon, which kind of leads me to my next point about what's hot and what's sitting out there. Because the Federal Reserve uh, has, has said that they're probably, they skipped a uh, meeting, by the way. Uh, as you know, if you watch these kinds of things, they did not increase interest rates at their most recent meeting, but have all but guaranteed, and I guess I can use that word here because it's a speculative guarantee, that they're going to be increasing rates at their next meeting coming up. And what what is that going to mean? Well, it's going to mean somewhat what it has meant here over the last year and a half of, of raising rates. We're probably going to see a bump up in rates on treasuries. We're probably going to see a bump up in rates on savings accounts. Not one for one. That's not how these kinds of things work, but it probably is going to increase some over where we are right now. And, uh, and, and that probably will have a further damper on inflation, which is their intended uh, desire. Now, you may say, well, when's this going to stop? Nobody knows. If you were listening to the North Main Financial Show here over the last several months, I was talking about, well, nine months ago, I was talking about how it would stop in the spring. Obviously, we've blown through that as we're into midsummer at this point. Uh, it, it's probably going to be another couple of meetings before they're going to slow down on raising rates. And so that's that's the kind of thing, again, I know it's not riveting dinner conversation. I know that it's not necessarily the kind of thing that's on your radar screen, but it's important to keep it in mind because it affects all of us every single day. And it's very, very important when we're doing planning or think about making changes. I, I just had a conversation before I came in here. Literally, that's the reason why I had to, had to come into the studio like my hair was on fire, which is not an uncommon occurrence for me. But my last conversation just before I came into the, to the studio here was in talking with, with a brand new client, actually, in looking at student loans. Now, I know that applies to a lot of you. We've done other segments and shows on student loans. We're going to be doing more, by the way, in future dollars and cents shows because big news flash, those federal loans that have been deferred here over the last couple of years, those payments are going to start coming due in September again. So very, very, very important to keep in mind. We're going to actually put whole segments in future shows to that because that's very important for you to keep in mind if you are one who's been under a deferment plan. But I'm backing up because I'm talking about interest rates here, talking with this potential client about where things are right now. And, and he, has, he has one child coming out of, I mean, literally finishing college and another one going into college. And both of those schools are Ivy League schools, which I am so thankful for him. And he's excited and it's, it's a big deal. And they were really striving for, I'm not going to name the schools because I don't, you know, I'm not going to be partial to one or the other because I'm not really talking about the school. I'm talking about the expense and, and what that means in terms of taking out student loans to cover a significant portion of those expenses. Folks, as you know, it's very, very different than what it was here several years ago in terms of the interest rates that are being charged on those if you have a variable rate loan. Now, if you've done some consolidation and you have a fixed rate, obviously it doesn't apply to you. But in terms of new loans and in terms of what we can expect with new student loans, it's a very different interest rate structure than it was here a couple of years ago. So very, very important. That's, that's why I raise these things up. It, it applies to so many of us when we're thinking about those kinds of things or when we need to make those kinds of decisions, you know, especially because, and we're talking about student loans, especially because of how big the dollars are. 
I mean, we're not usually talking about small dollar figures here on anything that has to do with the college expense experience. So very, very important. You need to plan for it. You need to strategize about it. You need, you need to make sure that uh, you have a way of addressing it, whether you're working or whether you're going to pay cash or whether you're going to uh, use student loans for part or all of that expense. Very, very important to keep that thing in mind. So, all right, interest rates, inflation, you understand where those are, the Federal Reserve, about what they're going to be doing here uh, probably over the course of the uh, of the next couple of, uh, next couple of meetings. Let's talk about what else is hitting our radar screens. Tough not to think about uh, the continued war between Russia and Ukraine. Now, I'm not going to be touching the political aspect of things, or I'm not going to be touching on any of the commentary which has been said with regards to the recent activity or the movements made by the U.S., that's, that's obviously not the focus of our show. But I am talking about it from a financial standpoint. And there continue to be hiccups in our supply chain, whether we're talking about wheat, uh, which comes from Ukraine, or whether we're talking about the oil sale process, meaning how oil is moved around the world. There continue to be hiccups in that system. And you know, how does that eventually resolve itself or how do we move on from that space? Frankly, folks, I don't have a good answer for you. And I, I don't mind sharing that with you because I'll certainly let you know when I think I have an idea about something, but I'll also let you know when I don't. I don't really have, a, have an end scenario on this. This, uh, th this war between Russia and Ukraine, I think, has lasted much longer. My commentary has lasted much longer than I think many geopolitical experts would have, uh, would have assumed that it would. And, uh, and so the ongoing cost, the ongoing commitment definitely has multiple ripple effects in multiple uh, direction. So what, you know, what is that going to mean? Like I'm looking at the price of oil right now. If you watch the price of oil, which you may or may not, and if you do, well, that might mean you're a little bit more boring like I am. <laughs> but if you're watching the price of oil, actually you know that it is, it is relatively low at least in terms of what we would expect with disruptions in the supply chain end of things, it's relatively lower, right around $70, $70 a barrel. If you're measuring it by the most common uh, benchmark of the West Texas Intermediate uh, barrel there out in Oklahoma, uh, relatively low. I think by any projection, when the war started, there was uh, expectation that there was going to be a significant spike. And there was in a very short realm, uh, there, was, uh, there was a spike up there, but boy, it's pulled back very quickly. And that's been very interesting to see. Now, you can make arguments about efficiencies in the supply chain that, that if one part of the supply chain was getting bogged down, that the market was going to go look for a more efficient uh, means of, of both distribution and, uh, and then also production on the front end of things. I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable to say that the system, especially when there's financial incentive involved, is going to be looking for uh, means of, of moving um, around conflict or around challenge. I think that's reasonable to say that. But still, I think far better than than most expectations were in terms of keeping that uh, that that amount uh, that pricing ceiling uh, on it, if you will, uh, definitely in place. So, but what does that mean? Well, I mean, I, I talk about a barrel of oil because there is some correlation. It's not direct, not it's not one to one, but there is definite correlation between the price of a barrel of oil and the price of a gallon of gasoline that we all pump into our cars uh, on a regular basis. So, when we're seeing that, we're we're seeing some easing of the pricing at the gas pump. Now, still significantly higher than it was here a couple of years ago. So it's not, it's not that there has been this return to where we were a couple of years ago, but, uh, but, but definitely some easing in terms of the intensity of, of, of going higher. And, and that, that's good to see. 
I mean, gasoline, at least insofar as most folks are concerned, especially if you're traveling to work, is a primary expense. I mean, it's right up there with all the other car expenses that we have. It's all—it's up there with if you pay a toll to get on a road. It's up there with having professional attire. I mean, it is a constant and ongoing kind of expense. So very interesting to see that. Very interesting to uh, observe that because that's been a positive, especially in this higher interest rate environment. But what's going to happen as a result or what, what is going to be more of the end game on that? Still very challenging to see. So we're going to have to see how that's going to uh, just shake it's going to shake out. So, but um, but you want to keep those kinds of things in mind because they do impact us on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month kind of basis. It, it's important for budgeting. Let me put it th- to you this way. If we had an $8 gallon of gasoline, for most of us, our budgets would change, meaning we would have to think about it differently because there would be a much higher expense for how we approach things, how we actually get to our place of work, how we take care of our folks, how we get kids to school, all of those good kinds of things. Very, very important to keep in mind when we're looking at it from, again, that month-to-month budget standpoint. Well, we're going to uh, to wrap up here the uh, the second segment of uh, of the Dollars and Cents show presented by North Main Financial. Stick with us here. As we get into the third segment, we're going to be talking about some of the practical applications, things for you to keep in mind when it comes to your overall plan, especially in this environment. Hang with us. Back soon. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second half of, yes, this is the first, well, it's the first of the new format. You know I've been around for a number of years here on Newstalk WSIC with the North Main Financial Show. We're shaking it up a little bit, changing a, a little bit of the time of the day, same day, but a little bit of the time of the day. So instead of being in the mornings, now we're at the, the four o'clock hour in the afternoon, but uh, really excited about it, really enjoying this new format, really enjoying the opportunity. I'm so glad they allowed me to do it, uh, to be instead of a 30-minute show. Now we're the full hour and uh, and to be with you and bringing you ideas that have to do with our financial and economic worlds and how they may apply to you. And I, like I said, I get kind of excited when I'm in these kinds of things. I don't always let you know about how to contact us and the best ways for you to reach us if you would like to reach out to us at North Main Financial Group, perhaps to talk about your particular financial journey and to see if there are ways in which, again, we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at northmainfinancial.com. That's North like the direction, Main like the street, financial.com. NorthMainFinancial.com. You have a contact page on there. Go ahead and leave us an email address or a phone number. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you. Again, at NorthMainFinancial.com. Well, as I mentioned to you, my name is Joshua Dobie. I'm a certified financial planner or CFP professional. Been in this business, all right, hold on here, 28 years. Can you believe it? I'm only 31 years old, so that's pretty amazing. No, I'm just kidding, not even close to that. But it has been a while that I've been in this. And so seeing those kinds of things that have happened over now nearly three decades of, uh, of where we've been, we were talking in the first half of today's Dollars and Cents show about the kinds of things that, that, that we're seeing around us right now. I, I called it the what's hot kind of things, right? I mean, the kinds of things that you might see on your news programs and your newspaper, the kinds of things that you're seeing online about the about what's moving in the financial and, and economic worlds. But as I mentioned to you, friends, I mean, I, my, my strong desire is to present things that are helpful and relevant to the kinds of things that are on your radar screen, because that's what matters most. Yes, it's, it's good in an academic sense sometimes, if you're so inclined to, uh, to just be fully aware of what's happening, but really it's about the applicability. And certainly at North Main Financial Group, that's, that's where we strive to be. 
because we are, I mentioned this right before break, we are going through voluminous amounts of data and information every day. And one of the biggest challenges that we have is to determine what's relevant and helpful because it's, you know, we, we talk about progress, right? All right, so I guess this might be a complaint point for me. You know, progress in terms of the accessibility and the fluidity of, of information and, and data uh, movement in this day and age. Yes, it has some advantages. I'm not sure, sure that, it, uh, that, that it's all advantage. Let me give you just one quick example. It's been some time. I'm going to date myself. This was actually before I was in the, uh, the industry, before I was a uh, financial advisor and investment manager. There was a time, and if you, uh, again, if you're, if you're a little bit older than I am, you're going to know what I'm describing here. There was a time when mutual funds, mutual funds that you see in your 401ks, mutual funds that you use as investments, uh, again, the kinds of things that you recognize very quickly, you, all of you know that there's, who have one of those, that there's an annual prospectus or there is a, a pamphlet, uh, actually in this day and age, it may come as a, as a PDF file to an email. But what it was, it was an annual report. It was a description of all of the parameters for the fund itself uh, in its performance and its board of directors and uh, any nuances that, that, that perhaps were changing inside of the fund. This was, again, this is from more than 40 years ago at this point. But there was a time when the pricing of the mutual fund was done at the same time as the prospectus, meaning that it was done one time per year. Now think about that. Think about if you only knew the value of your investments, your 401k, your portfolio one time a year. Friends, it wasn't all that long ago that that was the case. I mean, that was the norm. If you had uh, if you if you had a mutual fund, now stocks were different, and mutual funds were obviously more in their infancy, or at least not nearly as popular as they are now. Mutual funds have been around for literally about a hundred years, but uh, but they certainly have been as popular until the advent of four hundred one ks here over the last forty years or so. So, but it was a time uh, that they were priced one time a year, and that's when you found out what the value of your account was. Again, one time a year because you multiplied the number of shares by the share price that was in the uh, the prospectus. Boy, we're in a different space now, aren't we? Aren't we in a different world? And again, I'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong and that you know, that was better, this is worse. That's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to investing, I'm not so sure that at least part of that wasn't a better idea because what it certainly forced folks to do was to take a long-term perspective on how they invested. I mean, if you could only figure out the price of your investment one time a year, yeah, I'd be pretty convicted on making a decision to buy or to sell in terms of a long-term parameter, certainly longer term than what we have here in this instant, you know, microsecond kind of movements that uh, that our investments have today. So there probably are some positives, probably are some negatives. But at any rate, uh, talking about ju just the kinds of things that are relevant to us, we were talking about in the first half of dollars and cents here today, uh, talking about the movements of the Federal Reserve, talking about interest rates. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's start to break it down to something that's a little bit more individual. We at, at North Main Financial Group, we do a survey every year among our clients and among some folks who are outside of our client base as well. And the real focus of that survey is to intentionally hear from our clients, if they're so led, and, and others as well, about the kinds of things which are most important to them. We do that even with regards to this radio show. Now, making sure that what we're bringing are pertinent, rele you know, relevant kinds of data points, discussion points, thoughts that, uh, that frankly, that you want to hear. Uh, because for me, just to blather on about one thing or another, if you're not particularly interested in it, well, there's not a whole lot of value in that, I don't think. But uh, so we take, a, we take a survey every year. 
And we got back some of those results, and that's why I'm I'm bringing the uh, the survey at all up to you as as an item for knowledge, just to hear from a certain segment. And and we we send out mm, a couple thousand of these surveys, so uh, it's it's it has a pretty wide stretch insofar as our client base is concerned. And uh, and you know we get back the the ones that we get in terms of what's important and 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 what uh, what folks would like to hear and the kinds of formats that they, they would like to hear it in and you know all of those good kinds of things. So I say all of that again to share just a couple of the things that we found to be interesting in terms of repeated themes, meaning answers that were given to us as uh, through our survey and and what folks generally wanted to hear. Now they may or may not be the kinds of things that you want to hear, but uh, but it does it does happen to have relevance to at least a segment of folks who who listen to our radio show, who are clients of ours and who receive our newsletters and see us online and, and our videos and all of those good kinds of things about what they would like to hear. So I, I just I wanted to share a couple of these points with you because I think these kinds of things are important, at least in my experience doing this 28 years. This does tend to hit the radar screen for a significant portion of the folks who either work with us or who listen to us on the radio. And uh, so I'm going to start right at the top there, markets, right? I mean, markets are the most dynamic end of things. We're talking stock markets, bond markets, currency markets, foreign exchange, all of those good kinds of things. Uh, Definitely high on the radar screen. And folks are wanting to hear uh, at least a, according to our survey, about what we think about what's going on. That's one of the reasons why I spend so much time here on Dollars and Cents talking about you know what we see headline-wise, what's hot, right? What what kinds of things are happening that are relevant to to not just what's hitting our our headlines, but also the kinds of things that that are pertinent to us. So folks want to hear about the markets. And the second thing is is with regards to planning for and then being in retirement. I'll talk about that here in a minute, but uh, but when it comes to markets, it really so. Let's talk about markets here. Let's talk about them year to date. Let's talk about just since January first, and I'll do some reference points beyond that. But it's it's been really a tale of two markets. If you follow the stock markets at all, as measured by our most popular stock indices, and I'm talking and Dow Jones Industrial Average, S and P 500 Index, Nasdaq Composite, uh, the Morgan Stanley EFA Index. When it comes to our international holdings, Barclays, uh, with regards to our bond tracking and bond indices. It has, uh, I'm going to talk stock markets for just a second. It has really been a tale of two markets. You have this one segment of the market over here. And if you're watching us on Facebook Live, you can get the actual visual. But if it's just the audio and you're listening to us online or through the radio, you have one segment, just think of two ends of the spectrum, all right? One, set, one end of the spectrum where you have basically the, the technology sector. And it's not true of every stock. It's not true of every company. But the sector overall has had an explosively positive kind of year. And I mean, some of the most you know normal suspects that, that you could expect there, you look at the Apples, the Microsofts, the Meta, the former Facebook, Meta. Um, and if you follow semiconductors at all, t- tough to not know about NVIDIA. These are not recommendations at all. These are not recommendations to buy or to sell any of these companies. Just a reflection on in the first half of this year, they have had huge amounts of appreciation. That's one end of the spectrum. Then at the other end of the spectrum, relatively speaking, again, not true for all companies and for all sectors, but at the other end of the spectrum, relatively speaking, things are modestly up to modestly down for the year, meaning modestly positive to modestly negative for the year. Pretty amazing when you put that in context. Pretty amazing to see such a dichotomy in the markets, looking at how one sector is doing so explosively positive and everything else, relatively speaking, not true again of all companies and all sectors, but relatively speaking, everything else being very modest to down. So when we're... 
when we're thinking about that and we're thinking about you know what that means in terms of of applicability to our our space here and I'm going to be talking about this in the last segment of this show and I'm going to be talking about the kinds of things that you want to keep in mind for your portfolio the kinds of things you want to keep in mind as we're looking between now and the end of the year kinds of things you want to be careful you want these kinds of markets tend to get tricky and they tend to get very influential because the 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 strong urges I get it it's 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 a very natural kind of thing. The strong urge is to look at what is performing amazingly well and want to go buy it. I mean, if you're looking at it, the kinds of things that 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 would appeal most to you, I get it. You may want to go after it. We're going to talk in the last last segment of today's show about well, that may or may not be such a good idea. But you want to make sure to hang with us so that you can hear about it here on Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. My name is Joshua Doby. It has been a pleasure to be your host here on the first version. Let's call it the first new version, all right? Because we've been around here for a while here on News Talk WSIC. As you're familiar with us with the North Main Financial Show here on Thursday mornings, now we shift it up, going to Thursdays at four o'clock. We're doing it for a full hour as well. So we're really excited to be here. Really thankful that you're taking the time to uh, to listen to us again here on Dollars and Cents, presented by. North Main Financial. As we're going to break there, and we're, we're in the home stretch now, folks. Literally, we're in the home stretch. Fourth segment of, uh, of today's show. We were talking some there about the kinds of things that we see in the markets. And, and I raised this. I'd mentioned that we at North Main Financial Group do an annual survey of our clients and some other folks outside of our client base, just you know, what things are important to you. How can we be relevant? Are there things we should change, alter those kinds of things? And so we take some of that, that data. We take some of those responses, and we make sure that what we're doing, hopefully, is relevant to the largest number of folks who are who are in our client base and otherwise. And one of the top things, almost always, we've been doing this survey for years, one of the top things almost always is, you know, let us know what's happening in the markets and your thoughts to them. And so I was doing that. I was talking a little bit about how the stock markets, specifically, as measured by our most popular stock indices, uh, really have been a tale of two markets, uh, to steal uh, uh, steal from the classic there, that we've seen you know, one segment of the market, the technology end of things, which has just been explosive again. Uh, frankly, if if, uh, if you study markets like, I hope you don't study them like I do, but if you do, if you watch them like I do, it feels a little bit like 2021 in terms of market performance. In 2021, if you recall, the technology sector did incredibly, just off the chart well, just unnaturally so, in a positive kind of way. And everything else was kind of blah, uh, again, relatively speaking, not true of all companies and all sectors, certainly, but generally speaking, that's the way that it was. feels like that quite a bit here in 2023, where the, again, the technology end of things has just been explosive. And some of those, you know, very large, you know, large capitalization technology companies that I mentioned to you in the last segment there, you know, a lot of names that are very familiar to you that have done very, very well again this year. And then largely the rest of the market has lagged behind. Whether you're looking at things like oil and energy companies, or you're looking at financials. Now, caveat on financials, we went through the headache that was Silicon Valley Bank and a lot of concern about our overall banking system there for several months really hammered, especially our regional banks, our publicly traded regional banks, really hammered their stock prices hard. We're just starting to settle out on that. So they, but they've definitely lagged behind from a performance standpoint. When you're looking at utility companies, they have definitely lagged behind 
uh, this year. It's it's been again really a tale of of two markets. And so you know then this is where this is where we're going to barrow down. We're going to get right to the okay. So what should I do about that, knowing that all that's the case? Well, I'm going to give you a horrible answer to start. You know how I work here, being a previous listener here to dollars and cents. It depends. Everybody's situation is unique. It's not true that it's a one size fits all. That just because something is doing well, or frankly because something is not doing well, that that's appropriate to buy or to sell or to trade. Uh, and I mentioned just again before we were going to break there, how important it is not to get caught up in the noise. Let me let me describe it to you this way. Technology has been red hot. I actually had this conversation uh, it, earlier today. Technology has been red hot, and it really has been. And some of those names, I mean, it's it's just been, well, it's it's been unnaturally good, which which I'm thankful for it, right? I'm thankful for those kinds, especially if you happen to be invested in those kinds of things. I'm happy for you, happy that you've been able to experience that. But you got to be careful. You got to be careful if you own it, and you really got to be careful if you don't own it. Because we think in straight lines when it comes to these things. You may not, you may be one of those folks that doesn't, but generally speaking, my experience been doing this for almost three decades, we start to think in straight lines and that's where it gets dangerous because then conversations become, well, let's go buy the things that are doing well. Well, maybe that may be an appropriate thing to do, but you also want to take a look at historical averages as well. Not that past performance is any indicator of future results. That's for all my compliance people out there to make sure I put in that caveat. But when we're looking at it in terms of very positive performance, I think a very legitimate planning strategic question, if you will, is, is there a higher probability that it's going to continue to appreciate at the same level that it has, or is there a higher probability that it's going to stay the same or depreciate in value? The law of large numbers says a lot of things that, that we plug in for it, but one of them says, especially when it comes to something as cyclical as our stock markets, it can't keep going up forever. Now, it may keep going up from where it is right now for some indeterminate period of time, but it certainly can't keep going up forever. The markets do run in cycles. And so I'm saying that not to provide any dissuade, uh, dissuading factors to you making decisions about, is it good to buy technology? Is it good to buy this technology stock? Not at all what I'm saying. That, that's, again, everybody's situation is unique. It's just a word of caution because I, I see it happening in every part of the cycle, everyone. When some segment of the market is going red hot, a whole bunch of folks want to buy it after it's already been red hot. <laughs> and, so, and that's where the danger comes in, right? And I, and I chuckle because we do think, we think in those straight lines. If it's red hot, it's gonna to continue to be red hot. Let's get in on it. Well, that may be true, or it may not be true. Uh, um, by the way, I see the exact same thing in the uh, inverse direction as well. I see the same thing when the markets have gone down substantially for a long period of time, that uh, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to invest in it. I'm saying it relatively speaking. That nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to invest in it on a, on a relative basis. Very interesting because I'm pretty sure, now check me here if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure the idea is to buy low, maybe sell high, right? You probably heard that before uh, in some other uh, in some other settings, but uh, but we don't because we think the same thing in, in the inverse direction as well. We think the same thing that when the markets are going down, they're going to go down forever as well. Neither one of them is true. Literally, neither one of them is true. And you don't have to believe me, just look at the markets from an historical standpoint that neither one of those is true. Now, in certain segments of time, absolutely. Absolutely, been, been miserable kinds of experiences on the downside, been absolutely euphoric experiences on the upside. But both of those things have happened in small time frames. But as all of you know, who have been invested for any significant amount of time, or if you've watched the markets for any significant amount of time, those trends inevitably, for whatever reason, change. And they do each and every time, even though each and every time that we get something that's red hot or miserably depressing from a pricing standpoint, 
we get the same behavior in the markets each and every time. So I'm, I'm saying all that, yes, to give you a little bit of background, but also I'm saying it to make sure, be careful. Make sure you're making, this is where it gets very personal and relevant here. Make sure you're making your decisions for the right reasons. Don't just choose to buy the hot one because it's been good. Also, don't discount or dissuade or move away from other things just because they haven't been as good. Now, those aren't recommendations to buy what's low necessarily right now, but it is important just not to discard them or dismiss them simply because they haven't been the kinds of things that have been the hot item of the moment or on our news programs or part of the cocktail conversation. I mean, I, I, I get it, right? I mean, I, I get it. And you something, wow, I missed out. I want to, I want to catch up to it before it, you know, before it takes off again, that might happen or it might not. And it's really miserable to, uh, to, to think about, you know, what happens on the other side of that. If you happen to be catching it on the wrong side, there's a, there's a study out there. And actually this is, this is identifiable. The Fidelity Magellan Fund, not a recommendation to buy or sell the Fidelity Magellan Fund, but it's a mutual fund that's been around for a very long time. Peter Lynch was a, uh, was a star mutual fund manager for, for Fidelity for a couple of decades, had a crushing record. It was north of on average 20% a year. This was during the go-go times in the eighties and nineties when uh, it just, just crushed it. An amazing kind of record. So his record, over very nearly 20 years, was very nearly 20, I believe it, it might even be a little bit over, 20% per year on average. Unbelievable kind of, uh, kind of experience. Do you know what the average shareholder experience was during that time? You may know this story. I Actually, I know I've shared it on other occasions, so if you heard me say it, please indulge me by the repetition. The average shareholder experience during that exact same time that Peter Lynch was the manager was on average 4% a year. Not 20, but 4% a year. You know why that's the case? You, if you're doing the math in your head, you know why. That's because the largest amount of shareholder money came in after he had a terrific year. After he had just crushed it in terms of a terrific year, this huge flood of money would come into the Fidelity Magellan Fund. And then when he would have a less than you know, stellar year, a huge amount of money would go out of the Fidelity Magellan Fund. So that basically what folks were doing was buying high and selling low. Well, friends, you don't need to have a mathematics degree in order to understand that's probably not a long-term way to accumulate or, or to have appreciation inside of your portfolio, but it happens all the time. So that's why I'm raising that word of caution to you. You want to make sure to, to, to keep that kind of thing in mind because it's very easy to get caught up in it. So that's the first big thing. Second big thing with regards to the market right now is when we're looking at what's yet ahead of us. We're going to have some noise. The Federal Reserve still has a couple more uh, raises that they're going to make here by probably before the year end. And, uh, and then also we're going to get into a presidential election year next year. Now, this is not to provide any kind of political commentary. It's not what we do here on dollars and cents. But it is to say that it gets noisy and that a lot of things are going to be distracting in terms of the news cycle during a presidential election year. So that's the kind of thing that you want. It, it makes it even more important for you to watch the things that are most important for your portfolio, for your financial plan, to the exclusion of the noise. And friends, I mean, I'm, I'm on the radio or I'm online right now. I mean, I, I get it. It's constant. It never, ever goes away in this day and age. But it's especially important during times of heightened noise. And, and I would offer up, don't know for certain, I would offer up next year is going to be very noisy from a media standpoint. Online, newspapers, radio, television, all of it. It's just going to bombard you nonstop. And, and so that's why I'm particularly concerned with encouraging you to be mindful of that so that you're making decisions for the right reasons. All right, folks. Well, we're rapidly approaching the end of this, the first installment 
of dollars and cents presented by North Main Financial. Let's do a lightning fast recap about where we've been here. Looking at it in terms of what's hot, what's on your radar screens right now, inflation coming down, interest rates steadying, but probably going to bump up with a couple of other raises here before the end of the year. Markets. Certainly it's been an interesting year, always is in my experience. I don't think I can ever remember a boring year when it comes to the markets, but we got a tale of two markets. We got this part over here, which has been red hot with technology and basically everything else fairly blah and maybe even negative for the year. So very, very important to understand that. And then on its relevance to you, make sure you're making decisions for the right reasons. It's not cool just to follow the hot thing because it's hot. Make sure that the decisions you make are relevant to your plan. Well, friends, it has been a pleasure to be with you here on Dollars and Cents. I'm Joshua Dobin. Until the next time, I look forward to chatting with you soon.